Today's episode is brought to you by the Tax Defense Group. The team of professionals at the Tax Defense Group are passionate about helping taxpayers resolve their tax debt. Their services include basic tax preparation, tax audits, resolving large tax debt, and more. They actively represent taxpayers throughout the entire USA. If you need help resolving your tax issues, contact the Tax Defense Group. Call the Tax Defense Group today at 800-850-7973 to get started. That number again is 800-850-7973, and you can visit them online at thetaxdefensegroup.com. Are you thinking about starting a business or a side hustle? For all businesses to be successful, you need a website. Rider Junkie offers website development, content writing, and SEO services for business websites. Call Rider Junkie today at 805-587-7966, and you can visit them online at riderjunkie.com. We recently launched our website, ucaststudios.com. With articles about sports, special interest topics, and more, we have some cool stuff on our site. To read our content, please visit ucaststudios.com. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Lakers Outsiders podcast. I'm your host, Gary Kester, here with you as always. And joining me, as always, is Hani Amadi. And Hani, as a certified math genius, I just have one quick question for you. This is totally unscripted. We did not <laughs> talk about this. Uh, can you calculate how many years off your life this, this series has taken off? I would say at least 69 years. Um. <laughs> well, I mean... I, I don't know what to say. I mean, we better win it this year because it doesn't sound like you have much longer to go. Then. It's, my, it's my dying wish for the Lakers to win the 17th championship in their history. Uh, please get it done, folks. Do it for me. You will be missed. You will be missed, and I will be on this podcast all by myself. <laughs> and then every comment will be about you looking like Carson Wentz. It will be. Bevers. <laughs> hi, Bevers. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It took us a little bit to get on. Uh, it was it was a stressful game. Okay, so <laughs> no, we are live here on YouTube, on Twitch, and on Facebook. As always, guys, we're doing these live after games. Win or loss, they're much more fun to do after a win. And we get to talk about a Laker win today in Game 4. The Lakers beat the Nuggets 114-108. to 108. Pretty intense game. Very closely contested game for a large portion of it, even though I think the Lakers led most of the way. And, yeah, we're going to talk about this Game 4 win. We'll get to the chat kind of at the end. We'll, we'll answer your guys' questions, so be sure to, to save those questions for the end. But we're going to talk about this game. Like I said, as, as always, you can um, stream this live on twitch.tv slash LakersOutsiders. You can subscribe to us on YouTube as well. Um, and if you want to ring that ring that bell, get those notifications, you'll, you'll know every single time that we go live. And, like I said, it'll be right after each and one, every one of these games. Uh, sup, Carson. Sup, Hani. Uh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter at Carson Wentz. Um, I don't know if that's actually his Twitter or not, but uh, but yeah, and you can like us on Facebook as well. And yeah, we'll be there. And then of course the we, these will get edited after the fact, and they'll be up on every podcast platform that you can think of. And you can listen to them the next day when you're at work, class, hanging out at home, whatever you want to do. So uh, plenty of reasons for you to for you to join us. Plenty of ways for you for you to join us and, and have some fun talking about some some more Laker wins, some more Laker playoff wins. So. Honey, the Lakers are one more win away from becoming Western Conference champions for the first time in ten years and getting back to the NBA Finals. What's what's your mood like? Because this was this even though the Lakers are up three one, some would argue the Nuggets have the Lakers right where they want them. We've been talking about this exact scenario where the Lakers have not lost when they're up three one, and the Nuggets have not lost when they're down three one. So this is like I'm a little worried for the universe's sake at this point. But it was a struggle, but ultimately the Lakers are up 3-1. How are you feeling about not only this game, but the rest of the series? Uh, I mean, the game was stressful as crap. Uh, <laughs> For lack of a better word. <laughs> well, I, I can think of a better <laughs> word, but... I, went, I had two of them last time, so I'm gonna I'm gonna call. I was gonna say we've bit. only been on for three minutes. That's the equivalent <laughs> of getting in foul trouble. <laughs> foul I'm, language I'm like, trouble. <laughs> It's uh, Paul Millsap in the first quarter of this game. <laughs> uh, I, I feel pretty good. 
I think that you and I, even though we both predicted that the Lakers would win this in either four or five games, uh, <laughs> which, which, I mean, it might happen which, now. Which one of those is still alive? <laughs> I was just curious. I think they should just call it. Uh, <laughs> uh, but regardless of that and, and kind of talking about how we thought the Lakers were a tough matchup for the Nuggets and, and we just kind of believed in the Lakers two stars more than we did in the uh, – Nuggets, not that, not any disrespect towards those guys because they're both incredible. But um, I think we also expected the series to be closer than that. You know, not necessarily the Nuggets getting the wins at the end of the day, but the game's being pretty close, and I, that's basically been the case in every game. Uh, you know, one of the games was kind of a Lakers blowout. One of them was kind of a Nuggets blowout, even though the Lakers made it close at the end. Um, but overall, it's been a pretty, pretty even series. Mm. Um, and I think I think in games two through four, the like the margin of uh, wins is exactly the same. Um, so it, it's not really surprising that these games are, are coming down to the wire. The Nuggets are really damn good. Uh, <laughs> Jamal Murray's hitting just absolutely insane shots at Dude. this point and, and, and scoring lefty floaters over Anthony Davis that I just don't understand. He jumped 10 uh, feet to his left when he made that. <laughs> yeah, it was just unbelievable and and Nikola Jokic is just such an incredible player but um I guess it kind of goes to show that as as much as we talked about the Nuggets being resilient uh these playoffs and they have been I think the Lakers are go toe-to-toe with that they might uh you know as the underdogs of the series they might need to be more resilient but um they've just been so great at kind of weathering these punches from teams that you know they obviously expect to be um, and all, in all seriousness, most people expect them to be. And they, they've been able to come back and, and sort of take those punches and, and really retaliate every single time. You know, if, if the Blazers kind of just took them by surprise in game one, they were able to just basically destroy them the rest of the series. The Rockets that, you know, everybody thought they were kind of a matchup nightmare for the Lakers. They take them by surprise in game one, and then the Lakers win every series. The Nuggets, I don't think the Lakers necessarily took it for granted, but uh, I, I'm sure there was something in their in their heads after game two saying, oh, this is a wrap. And then, you know, Denver comes and basically kind of destroys them for most of the game, most of game three. And uh, the Lakers coming out strong in this game, being so, uh, so much more intense in the first half than they were in the first half of game three. And really their stars, especially Anthony Davis in the first half, and I think LeBron in the fourth quarter, even though I don't think LeBron had a great game, but in the fourth quarter, those two dudes um, really just just carried the team, and that's what you get those kind of guys for. You know, they're they're two of the very best players in the league, and they have continued to show it throughout the playoffs, even if they have some not great performances here and there. Yeah, they are <laughs> very uh, hashtag good, <laughs> and um, yeah, no, it's really interesting because. I kind of go both ways with with tonight's game where, you know, on the one hand, it's like Denver really battled. They just never went away. It seemed like every time the Lakers got up about 10 to 12 uh, around that range, the Nuggets would just come roaring back and get it down to about four or five. They'd just be hanging around. And I just didn't have a great feel going into that fourth quarter because I was like, man, it seems like the Nuggets are scoring constantly. And the Lakers, even though they're scoring, it's hard to score because they're late in the shot clock and they're having to hit some tough shots. Just didn't like the way the game was headed, but luckily they found a way to dig deep. They got enough stops. LeBron guarding Jamal Murray down the stretch of the game was huge because Murray was just cooking the Lakers. That's kind of another thing, too, is like some of these shots that Murray is hitting, like I just in this game, and I don't want to take anything away from him because I'm so impressed with what he's done in this this postseason run. He's been unbelievable, like superstar status type of play. But some of the shots that he hit today, I just feel like aren't sustainable. Like the the shot we talked about, the left-handed floater jumping ten feet to his left. I mean, out of ten times, I think he maybe makes that shot like two or three at most. Like it was just such an incredibly difficult shot. He had another kind of uh, fadeaway one-legged floater over Anthony Davis that was a rainbow rainbow that dropped in perfectly. Just a number. He had a very acrobatic layup. I mean, just a number of incredibly difficult shots. So, hats off to him. He played exceptional 
exceptional basketball yeah. offensively in this game. I do. I would still like to see the Lakers find a way to attack him more on the defensive end. I thought KCP did a good job and attacked him um, off the cut a couple times and off of uh, some hard closeouts because that's kind of the thing. And I think we talked about this on the last pod is there's going to be some opportunities to attack some of those closeouts with the Denver defense just kind of gravitating towards the paint. If you kick it out to a shooter, you can drive it you know, right, right by him because they're having to close out so hard to cover all that ground. And KCP had a couple of those in this game, and uh, one resulted in a very nice dunk. So that was pretty cool to see. But, but yeah, I mean, I will admit, I even though my prediction might end up being right with Lakers in five, I didn't think it would be quite like this. I... I thought Denver was going to battle. I, you know, I really thought that they would compete. You know, so I didn't want to like want that to come off as like, oh, the Lakers are going to win this series easily or whatever. I did think that there was going to be one game where they kind of dominated, and Game One was kind of that game. Um, but man, they they, I will give Mike Malone credit. I think this is the best coach team that the Lakers have run into in these playoffs, and that's no disrespect to the other two coaches. I just think his adjustments have been really good. And his team has executed really well. I mean, th- when you're getting contributions from the other guys, right, that's kind of the key is, you know, Jokic and Murray, they're going to bring it probably every every single night. They're both really, really good players. But you're getting the Jeremy Grants, the Monte Morrises, like those types of guys to step up pretty consistently. Grant had another solid game today, although I think kind of down the stretch and in late third uh, going into the fourth, he had some kind of – mental mistakes like uh there was a couple i think trying to draw the charge on lebron uh there was one late in the shot clock where he guarded lebron about 35 feet from the basket and committed a foul uh silly stuff but ultimately played a really good game so this this has been a battle man and i don't think that the lakers can take their foot off the gas just because they're up 3-1 obviously we've seen this team come back from being down 3-1 twice Lakers have had kind of a, a pretty solid killer mentality when they've had an opportunity. They've had two closeout games and won both. One was convincing. The other, they just kind of toyed around with the Blazers who were undermanned at that point and just turned it on when they needed to. But the Lakers are going to have to put these guys away. The, the Nuggets are not going to roll over. This is still going to be a tough, tough team to put away. I, I like where the Lakers are sitting. Obviously, I'd much rather be up 3-1 than down 3-1. But yeah. the Lakers still have plenty of work left in front of them. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this is a team that's proven it over and over and over again in these playoffs that just because they're down 3-1 or, or have their backs against the wall, they're not going to quit. Um, and I think a lot of that comes down to their two stars. But like you said, their coaching has been incredible, uh, really all postseason long and even in, in the series as well. And I think, you know, Mike Malone is, is going to be working hard to make some adjustments, whether that's shortening the rotation and getting some of the uh, some of the role players that aren't really contributing as much, like a Tory Craig, who was a minus 17 tonight, um, uh, you know, getting those guys off the floor and, and kind of just relying on their two stars a little bit more. Um, I think they're, they're going to be playing desperate with their backs against the wall, kind of like they did in game three. Um, and the Lakers got to be ready to match that energy or else it's going to be the same sort of result. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So it's going to be tough, but. Lakers are in a good spot. One win away from getting back to the NBA Finals for the first time since 2010. A big a big reason that the Lakers got the win tonight, we saw a much better effort overall. But another, another thing that we kind of talked about on the last pod was the rebounding difference. In Game 3, the Nuggets out-rebounded the Lakers 44-25. to Just Dwight Howard really kind of set the tone and – we this has been a pretty widely talked about topic not only on this podcast but just laker fans in general on when or if frank vogel would pull the trigger and put dwight howard in the starting lineup we saw that today and he made a big uh pretty big impact right off the the get-go i mean six offensive rebounds in this game 11 total he he chipped in 12 points on five of six made shots hit two of his three free throws i mean if dwight's hitting two or three free throws i'll take that every single time but uh, what were your thoughts on not only putting him to the starting lineup, but his his play overall today? Yeah, I mean, we both talked about it being kind of an adjustment that we would make was putting Dwight in. Um, just because you're matching his minutes more uh, alongside Jokic's, and that just seemed like the the better, um, the best matchup really for the Lakers. I think it's even a better matchup than Anthony Davis on, on Jokic, uh, at least defensively. Um, and yeah, his energy... I think tonight he was so much more controlled than he had been the last couple of games. You know, he's getting a lot of criticism for just the trash talking and kind of trying to get under the nugget skin. This game kind of seemed like, I don't know if the coaches told him anything or if it was his his own uh, volition, but he kind of came in and just put his head down 
and, and really worked. And he just outworked the Nuggets off the glass. Um, he had six offensive rebounds. It feels like he got to put back on every single one of those. Um, you know, he scored 12 points, grabbed 11 rebounds. I, uh, he put in a really, really great performance, I think, all around. Um, and, you know, if, if you're getting that sort of contribution from one of your bigs, that's, uh, you know, allowing AD to kind of play at the four, allowing you to play big against a pretty big team, um, and really giving Jokic some trouble. You know, obviously Jokic is still going to get his. He's a great player, but... Uh, you know, limiting him as much as you can, drawing fouls on him, that sort of stuff really adds up towards the end of a game. And, you know, uh, Dwight drawing a couple fouls on Jokic does add up because Jokic ended up sitting for a pretty big portion of the fourth quarter with uh, after he, uh, he picked up two fouls, I think, early on in that quarter, picked up his fifth, um, and Malone sat him, and he didn't play for about five or six minutes. And that really allowed the Lakers to kind of at least minimally extend their lead to, to give themselves a little bit of a... Um, bigger cushion for when he came back in and that stuff you know it's just a couple possessions here and there but it's incredibly important in the playoff matchup yeah slowing down Jokic was a big big deal because I, I noted I tweeted it out that Grant Jokic and Murray were a combined 15 of 22 from the field in the first half Grant finishes 6 of 13 Jokic finishes 6 of 13 Murray was 12 of 20 and just hit some absolutely absurd shots was surprisingly 0 for 3 from the three-point line but just hit some some unbelievable shots. But limiting Jokic to 16 points and seven boards and four assists, I think is a major win for the Lakers. And I think Dwight had a fair amount to do with that. I would still like to see the Lakers try and avoid switching and getting guards on him because I think Jokic got a few buckets where he got Alex Crusoe on him or KCP on him. Got to stop getting a, a, a little guard guarding yeah. you know a seven-foot center. Got to try and avoid that at all costs. But I think slowing down Jokic was was the key in this game and not allowing somebody else to really step in and, and fill that void. I mean, Grant played, like I said, Grant played well again today, not quite to the level we saw the other night in, in game number three. But you look at this look at this box score. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. did have 13 points off the bench. Monte Morris had 12 points. So, th- I mean, the Nuggets, I thought, played very well. I just thought yeah. the Lakers just played a little bit better. Uh, as, as much as I thought they still struggled quite a bit defensively, I mean, I mean, you look at the Nuggets' shooting percentage, still shot 50% from the field, 35% from the three-point line is, is okay. You'd still like to see that be down a little bit more. The Lakers did get to the free-throw line 12 more times. They were plus eight overall from the free-throw line. So the series is obviously rigged again for the Lakers, and their path all of a sudden just became easy, according to some people. <laughs> But that's we're going to dismiss all that talk because the Lakers are the underdogs in this series and every series until they win a championship, and I will hear no more uh, of that other talk. So um, another player that I think gets should get a lot of credit, not only for his game today, wasn't his best game, but he's – I think it's fair to say Contavious Caldwell-Pope has consistently been the Lakers' third best player in these playoffs. Yeah. Um, and I think he's been the th- third best player li- all year. He's just been such a consistent force for them. Stop um, disrespecting Alex Caruso like that. <laughs> no, I, I genuinely think he, he's been more of a consistent player he than has. Caruso, he has. who I love. Um, KCP, like <laughs> a year ago, if you would have told me uh, that KCP would be such an impactful player for the Lakers in the playoffs, I would be terrified because he was making silly mistakes all the time um, and and just not really playing to the best of his ability, but he's been so great at just playing in his role and giving the Lakers um, just, you know, that extra energy when they need it, whether it's defensively or it's hitting some threes. Uh, He had three of them tonight. Um, And like you said, it wasn't his best night. He he only shot five or 12 from the field. Um, He had one uh, awful turnover. (laughs) I think in the first quarter, maybe it was the second quarter where he got a steal, and then instead of passing it to Rondo, who's standing right there with his hands open, he just literally was eyeing LeBron for 94 feet as he came back and then tried to throw a lob to him. Um, but other than that, I think he, he's just been incredible. And um, he's, you know, he's always basically doing the right things, which is not something we could have said about him a few months ago. Remember when he was just, you know, a, a clutch pawn to get LeBron <laughs> on the team and, and then AD, you know, like the Lakers were just using him to, you know, get to the, the bigger fish. While there might be some truth to that, 
Like <laughs> KCP has legitimately been a really good role player for this Lakers team basically all year. I mean, he started the year slow and man, Twitter bullied him into becoming very good. <laughs> I I think the truth of the clutch thing is that they signed LeBron and AD to keep KCP in LA. And at least to keep him happy. <laughs> KCP yeah. said, go get me some more help. And they went and got him help. So how much help does KCP need? None, but you know, it's just, it's nice to have some. So no, but I, I felt much better when the alleged KCP burner account was saying Lakers <laughs> Lakers got their wake up call Lakers in five like you can bank on it hey I'm just saying that burner account has not been wrong so far in these playoffs it's shooting about as well as KCP is shooting from the three point line and that's <laughs> on fire I was shooting better than KCP from the three point <laughs> he doesn't miss <laughs> you don't miss but no KCP really really good and I think honestly his his defense on Murray has been pretty yeah. solid because Murray's just a tough cover man he's very shifty with the ball he's got some wiggle you know with his with his ball handling and he can obviously score from basically all three levels at this point and he's just a tough cover but I think KCP's done a good job of really making him work and really contesting shots I don't know what the matchup data says for it but the eye test I think KCP has done a pretty solid job on Murray and really that's all you can ask for because the guy Murray this this version of Murray especially the one we saw tonight is playing like a top 10 or top 15 player in the league like he's playing incredible incredible basketball and the Lakers are having some trouble trying to corral him in and you know it is what it is, but if the Lakers can shut down some of the other guys, and like I said, if they can shut down one of Jokic or Murray, or at least limit them fairly substantially, I, I think they'll be okay. And tonight, it was it was Jokic that they really slowed down in the second half, which was which was very very important. Another player that played well, David Chia. If you're listening to this, this is your time. Playoff Rondo. We got another version of Playoff Rondo in this game. Had a, had a couple, or just the one turnover that was really bad. But ultimately, he was just rock solid in this game. 11 points, 7 assists, 5 boards. Thought he just did a lot of good things. He had 4 of his 6 shots. He made his only 3 that he shot. Hit a couple free throws. He just made some things happen. And I I don't know, man. I feel like this Lakers team is so incredibly difficult to beat in general. But when mm-hmm. he, when Rondo plays well, yeah. it just takes them to another level. Yeah, because if, you know, when, when Rondo isn't playing well... The, the other teams are so easily able to take advantage of him being on the court, whether that's, you know, defensively being able to just lay off of him and dare him to shoot and, and crowding the paint against uh, LeBron or AD or offensively going at him. But when he's playing as well as he is, he actually becomes such a, a major advantage for the Lakers. And I think in this series in particular, it's been really, really important to get Ronda out on the floor with LeBron. And I never thought I would say that because I've been so against that pairing for such a long time. Um, but it, it, Rondo being out there really allows LeBron to play off the ball. And those ISOs that we saw LeBron, uh, LeBron having in the second half, especially where he's you know trying to dribble against the set offense, not getting into the offense quickly enough, um, them allowing him to get into his pull-up jumper because he's not very comfortable with that and, and you know crowding the paint against them. That stuff doesn't happen if Rondo's the one handling the ball and LeBron is moving off ball. They're not able to scheme against them the same way. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a huge, huge move that uh, the Lakers did late in the game was allowing Rondo to be the ball handler for some of those possessions um, and allowing LeBron to move a lot more freely and, and kind of get going towards the rim uh, with that full of steam and actually actually being able to get to the room and draw some fouls. Yeah, all we had to do was, you know, tell the league to, hey, <laughs> open your eyes, please. LeBron shot 14 free throws in this game. It's about time. He had only 10 in the first three games, and Jeremy Grant had 12 in the last game by himself, which was the the hot item that, that was going around Lakers Twitter and NBA Twitter. And now, apparently, the, the series is rigged again, so shout out to the refs, apparently. Uh, I, no, but... For real though, my my thoughts on the officiating, they gotta let some stuff go, especially in the fourth quarter. I just think there's way too many whistles. It's killing like any flow to the game, which I think, I mean, it hurts both teams, but I think it really does hurt the Lakers because the Lakers, mm-hmm. their offense 
after a stop and a secure rebound so much better than when they have to walk the ball up the court and yeah. and go up against a half court set because this this Nuggets team like we've said time and time again they're packing the paint they're waiting for him to drive and they're daring him to shoot jumpers and he just does not look comfortable taking those right now and mm-hmm. it, it's almost night and day from the rocket series that we saw where it felt like everything he was shooting was going in jumper layup floater whatever seemed like he was just confident he was just totally in control and everything was clicking for him the jumper just doesn't quite feel like it's there right now he did have the three-pointer early on in the game which i thought was a good sign didn't really translate to the rest of the game he was 7 of 18 from the field but he still i mean it just shows the level of basketball player that lebron james is that we're sitting here when he goes out and scores 26 points nine boards eight assists and plays good defense the last four or five minutes of that game on jamal murray and we're sitting here saying man he can do so much better like it's just crazy yeah, it's um, it, it really is just expectations for LeBron, and you know we're we're trying to be as fair as we can because yeah, he is incredible, and he can get twenty and ten in his sleep basically, uh, twenty ten and ten in his sleep, and um, but but there are those possessions where he really bogs down the offense so much by just waiting until there's five six seconds left on the shot clock to go, and then when he inevitably gets stopped because every nugget is is keyed in on him and he's passing it to a guy like, I don't know, KCP or Danny Green. Those guys aren't really comfortable going uh, against such a short clock. And that stuff really hurts the Lakers. And their offense at times looks so stagnant tonight uh, in part because of that. But um, defensively in the fourth quarter, he was incredible. Um, And, you know, knowing that you have that in your back pocket uh, when a guy's going off that you're like, oh, we can put this freak of nature that's been one of the greatest defenders really in league history when he's tried um, uh, on that person to really slow them down. That's incredible. He's, he's not going to do it for a full 48 minutes, but for five or six minutes, he can legitimately do that against a dude that's like 20 years younger than him almost. Um, the math's a little off there. But... <laughs> I, 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 used all, I used all my math skills in the opener. So <laughs> ran out. Um, I think that one was a little yeah, off too. So I'm starting to question your math genius title, but go I'm a fraud. I'm a fraud just like the Clippers. <laughs> I don't really have anything else to say. It's important to remember that the Clippers blew a 3-1 series lead. And I'm going to use that. I'm going to remind people of that every podcast unless the Lakers blow a 3-1 series lead. And then I will not bring it up anymore. But it, if it fits my agenda, I'm going to gonna use it. It's just like the single game plus minus thing. If it fits my agenda, I'm going to use it. But if it doesn't, then I won't. Speaking so, of which, I want to point out that JaVale McGee was a plus three and Anthony uh, Davis was a plus one. Makes uh, you think. I was really hoping you didn't <laughs> notice that. <but> anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no, this this game, man, it was, it was a grind. It was an absolute grind. It was a battle. And luckily, the Lakers, it was, it was just weird because every time they kept pushing it out, the Nuggets would reel them in. And luckily, every time the Nuggets reeled him in, the Lakers would push it back out. So it was just kind of like this little back and forth, but the Lakers maintained their cushion. They made their free throws down the stretch, made enough free throws down the stretch, and they they held on to win this game. They did win the quarter or the fourth quarter by three points. So they win the first and fourth quarter by ten, which was uh, our combined point combined ten points, which is good. I mean, to get off to a good start and then close the game strong is is always good. And they the, they limited the damage in the second and third quarters, which were very closely contested. I thought they let a couple opportunities get away to really separate themselves. But that's what this Nuggets team does, man. You, you're going to have to stay locked in for 48 minutes because if you don't, the Clippers found out the hard way three straight times. If, <laughs> if you don't lock in for the full game and only play one half or three quarters, good chance that they're going to beat you. So... I don't know how to feel yet about game five. There's going to be adjustments made on both sides. I think it's, especially with Jamal Murray. So my thoughts on this, I thought the Lakers played, for the most part, really good defense on him today. He just made some tough shots. I think if they play defense like that again, I think they'll be okay. And that's not a shot or any disrespect to Jamal Murray. I just think some of the shots that he hit today were absolutely insane, just incredible shots that 
even like 99.9% of the NBA, the best players in the world, wouldn't mm-hmm. make consistently. So I think if they do that and Dwight brings the energy and he you know leaves the antics in the locker room, he just focuses on playing good basketball, which I think he did much better today. There was less of the you know trying to get in Jokic's head and all this stuff. He just flat out killed him on the glass. I mean, Jokic... Yeah. Only had seven boards, and I'd be curious to see how many of those were when Dwight was on on the bench. Um, but in that first quarter, man, Dwight really set the tone and was just killing him on, on the glass. But what are your thoughts on, on game five, what the Lakers need to do better, um, some adjustments they need to make, anything like that? Um, I think uh, this is something that the Lakers have done a pretty good job of. Um, but I, I think they just need to come out uh, with the with, – uh, um, idea that they're going to close this game out. And I think that that stems from the players, of, of course, but also the coaching staff. Um, I think this is a game where I wouldn't be surprised if Vogel is more than willing to let LeBron and AD play way more minutes than they have been all playoffs long. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's not, you know, a must win as the because they're they're up 3-1, but I think they will treat it as a must win because they want to close the series out. They don't want to give the Nuggets any sort of confidence after they win a game make it a 3-2 series because, again, like you said, we've seen them do this twice already this postseason. You don't want to give them that that opportunity again. Plus, you have a chance to potentially, depending on how the, the Heat and Celtics series goes, um, potentially get a little bit of extra rest for the finals as well. Um, mm-hmm. Those two dudes have been pretty well rested. Obviously, we don't really know about AD's ankle yet. Um, he did hurt it, which, by the way, we just spent an entire like segment of, of talking about uh, this game, and we didn't talk about the dude who scored 34 points and right. looked incredible all night. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if the two stars really come out to play, uh, not that I think the Nuggets will just lay down and, 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 and take it and, and die and just go home like the Rockets did. Um, shout out to them. <laughs> but I, I, I do think that this should be a Lakers win just based on – the, the way that they've played in these sort of moments all, all postseason long, I think that uh, LeBron and AD are going to come out with uh, the sort of energy and the intensity that they need to close the series up. Yeah, this game had just such a weird feel to it. Like, the Lakers led pretty much the whole way. I don't know if it was wire to wire, but it, it was probably pretty close. It felt like they could have played so much better still. Like, like we've talked about LeBron, not his best. He's... I just the one thing I want to see really in game five is just LeBron be more decisive. There's just a lot of time. I think the Nuggets just have him in his head a little bit with these with their defensive coverages and their rotations. And LeBron usually will always figure it out at some point, more more times than not, at least. I mean, he's probably seen every defensive coverage that you can think of. It's just a matter of figuring it out. And I I think he will. I I still think he's due to just go nuts in one game. I, I really Really think that. Luckily, Anthony Davis has just been unreal. Like you said, honey, 34 points in this game. He was 10 of 15 from the field. Hit 13 of his 14 free throws. TNT seems to have like this thing where they want to talk about his rebounding, even though he's shooting a lot of jumpers because Dwight's around the Dwight was around the basket, especially to start the game, and Dwight was getting all the rebounds. Yeah. Um, I mean, Dwight and and LeBron combined 20 rebounds. That's that's half the team's total right there. The Lakers out rebounded the Nuggets 41 to 33 in this game. So I'm not overly concerned about AD's rebounding because I think a lot of times he's being pulled away from the basket either by getting the ball and facing up 15, 20 feet away from the basket or shooting threes. And then defensively, I think the Nuggets want to try and lure him away from the, the basket as well because he's maybe the best rim protector in the entire league. So not worried about that as long as he brings it offensively like he did today and hopefully he can stay healthy and that's 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 another thing with with this Lakers mindset that that they got to have is you got to go for the kill here because we saw you know we feared in you know in the blink of an eye we thought this ser- this series just took a major shift if AD is seriously injured. Luckily he was able to finish the game. Hopefully his ankle is okay. We'll have to monitor that in the next 48 hours. Seems like he's he's okay and he'll be good enough to go, but who knows for sure? Who knows how limited he'll be? But that's the yeah. thing with these series. Even when you're up 3-1, a series can change in the blink of an eye. So 
Go, you got to go for the kill. Go all out in this game five. Try and wrap this series up. You don't want to even give a team like Denver hope that they can pull off another 3-1 comeback because you know that the belief is still there with those guys. You don't want to mess around with this team because they, they've gotten out of this situation before, and they, I'm sure they believe they can do it again. So go all out. Let's see that killer mentality that we saw against the Rockets in game five, and let's close this series out. Just As long as they play... I think as long as they're engaged defensively, I still think, I don't know, I don't really have any like evidence to base this off of. It's more just a gut feeling thing. I still think there's a, a game coming where the Nuggets don't shoot the ball particularly well. Even on some of these open looks, like a guy like Jeremy Grant, I know he was two of six for this game, but like Jokic was two of three from the three-point line. Millsap hit a three in his two attempts. Gary Harris was one of two. Like, they still shot oh, – I'm sorry, I'm looking at the – oh, no, I was looking at the right column. <laughs> ESPN has it, like, kind of disjointed. So, uh, But, no, I, I, 50% for the game is, is pretty crazy considering some of the shots that they were hitting. Yes, the Lakers still had way too many defensive breakdowns, but I still think the Nuggets are due for a, basically a relatively normal shooting game where maybe they shoot 44% from the field and yeah. 31% from the three-point line. You know, something something like that. And I think if that happens, that the Lakers will be just fine because I think the Lakers have still, even though the offense has gotten stagnant from time to time, I think they still are doing a really good job of, of scoring at a pretty efficient clip as long as they don't turn the ball over. That's the key for, for this team. Just don't turn the ball over. Today was much, much better. Only nine, yep. nine turnovers in this game. They got more shots up. That was kind of the thing is they got 80 shots up in this game. Plus, they had 12 more free throws. That's that's yeah. huge. That's more opportunities to score. And if you do that, I think the Lakers will be just fine. So, I mean, I'm going to predict a Laker win because I predicted Lakers in five. But this is going to be a battle, man. It's it's This team is yeah. not going to roll over. If they did, I'd be shocked and I'd be happy to be wrong about that because my heart does <laughs> not want to take any more of these, these close games. But just one more win. One more win and – we get by these guys, get on to the next round, the final round, and hopefully we can do some damage. But let's focus on on just game five in front yeah. of us. So, yeah, I just hope after the commercials that they kept running during the second round against the Clippers, I, I just hope that Jamal Murray finally has folded his clothes um, and is, <laughs> is is ready to go home. Hopefully, hopefully they do pull a Rockets on us and, and let us have an easy win. <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> Jamal, those clothes are ready to go home. Just, just go home, man. Fold them up. Just stop making ridiculous shots, please. <laughs> you're, 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 you're killing me right now. All right, let's uh, dive into these chat questions and, and comments. Let's see. Uh, going to be hard. Michael on YouTube says going to be hard to knock out this Denver team. Uh, Murray is a star in the making, 100%. I mean, he's 23 years old, I believe. I mean, I, I should know that for sure because I think they brought it up nine times on the TNT broadcast <laughs> in the last two games. But, yeah, this team is incredibly tough. They're very, very tough and very resilient, and they're just a good basketball team, man. They're yeah. just a really good basketball team. Uh, Bever says, am I the only one who hates when both Rondo and Caruso on the court are on the court with LeBron? Ooh. Um, I don't know. I mean, I it's, it's changed a lot for me. Like I said, I actually – do really like Rondo and LeBron being out there together. And I kind of like the Rondo and Caruso stuff just because they, they seem to pester the guards a lot more. They combine for another steal. I want to go back and kind of check uh, uh, all the times Rondo and Caruso have played together because it feels like they're, they're good for at least one steal where the two of them kind of combine for it <laughs> per game. Uh, those are some advanced analytics for you. So I don't, I guess I don't really hate it, but I, I haven't, I haven't really looked at it with such a like a keen eye to see exactly how they play together. Yeah, it's it depends on it depends on the matchup for me. This matchup might be kind of tough, just because I mean that 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 pairing on offense is kind of tough, especially if LeBron is kind of initiating the offense because then Rondo and Caruso are either on one side of the floor that can basically eliminate half the floor because Denver's going to say, please pass it to those guys and make them shoot. Even though they did each, I think they each hit a three in this game, but, or if they're each on one side, it just, it kind of shrinks the floor a little bit. And 
that's not ideal. So, yeah, it, it depends on the matchup. The Nuggets have done a good job adjusting to it. But defensively, I, I do think it has potential to be very good in a lot of matchups as well because when Rondo wants to play defense, I think he can still play pretty good defense. He's very opportunistic and can create deflections. Um, and as we saw again today, can still rebound the ball very well for a guard. Yeah. <laughs> he flies out of nowhere for some of these. But uh, That offensive board got me <laughs> almost as excited as AD's game winner. That was incredible. <laughs> I'm, I'm just glad he at least made one free throw after that because I was like, yeah. oh, man, if he misses both, it was basically for nothing. <laughs> but, but, yeah, no, uh, it, it's an interesting combo for sure. I think there's going to be some good and bad with that. It's It's definitely – one of those that it's going to depend on the matchup and sometimes it's going to be good defense. Sometimes it's going to be good offense, but yeah, it, it's tough spacing wise. So I, I get why people would be frustrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael on YouTube says we're wearing black Mamba Jersey Saturday. If I'm not mistaken, I did see a tweet before the series that would say that said they were going to wear purple in game five. Yeah. yeah I actually, I didn't even see that comment. I went to go check cause I, I was hoping they would be wearing them cause we're undefeated in them, but they are wearing the purple uh, statement jerseys on Saturday. So We'll see how that goes. But <laughs> Murray has turned into Curry with Kyrie's lay- layup package in the bubble. <laughs> WTF, man. It's Curry, crazy. I'm saying that three times fast. Murray has turned into Curry <laughs> with Kyrie handles. Jesus. It's, dude, he, he's turned his the sliders like all the way up for this series. It's, it's crazy. I mean, he was really good in the, the first two series, yeah. too. Uh, so jazz fans are probably like, oh, this is nothing. <laughs> but. Yeah, he's just been absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. So, let's see. Those LeBron ISOs are a little sketchy. Yeah, the that's the thing with me. And I'll, I'll pair this with another question that we got asking if LeBron is showing some age. I don't think he's really showing some age. I just think he's in his head a little bit too much right now. And I think the Denver defense has, has the wheels turning a little fast, you know, in his head. And he's just kind of overthinking some stuff. I think he's been a lot better when he kind of catches and goes. And obviously the Lakers want to get out and transition more and he's still just a monster in transition. And I think what we've seen from him when he does get going with a full, full sprint, full, you know, getting going downhill, he's still super explosive. You know, he's not explosive as he, he was when he was 27 years old, but he's still incredibly explosive. So I don't think it's really old age. I just think Denver's done a really good job adjusting and game planning for him. And it's almost like they're saying, well, with the two superstars, they're like, we're going to pick one that we want to really focus on and just kind of hope we can slow down the other one. And they've focused on shutting down LeBron. I mean, yeah. you're not going to shut down LeBron, but the way the way that they've defended him, I give him credit, man. They've done a really good job. He's still getting his numbers. Obviously, wasn't an efficient shooter today, but he is. he's still getting his numbers. But he's definitely having to work a lot more to, to create offense for this Lakers team. Yeah, I mean, like every time they run a pick and roll with him or just give him the ball at the top of the key right now, uh, the Nuggets are fine switching it because all they're going to do is sag off of him and basically have one guy, the, the guy guarding him is standing with one foot in the paint and then there's two other people on the weak side standing with one foot in the paint. He can't really drive. I don't think he's not not driving because he's not athletic or, or is showing age. He can't drive into the paint because if he goes, he's going to get a charge called on him. And that happened a couple times early in the, uh, a few times early in the series as well. So I think he's, uh, he knows that he's not necessarily going to get the calls in, in that sort of instant. They're allowing him to kind of go into the, the pull-up jumper, um, which is something that he's never really been great at. He's, he's a fine mid-range shooter, but it's usually on like a standstill, like off a jab step or out of the post. It's not really him like dribbling from the three-point line and then pulling up for a jumper. Um, and you can tell like when he has those opportunities, he's very hesitant. He's not just rising straight up to shoot. He's thinking about it and overthinking it, and, and that's kind of leading to him being uncomfortable. But every time they have had like – whether it's Jeremy Grant or Michael Porter Jr. or somebody like actually step up to guard him at the three-point line, he's getting past those dudes and finishing at the rim and getting fouled. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's an age problem. It's just kind of a schematic issue. Yeah, no, for sure. And and the, the jumper, we, we talked about it in the last – after the last game. You could definitely tell it's it's been in his head for a couple games now because he had some really bad misses in the last game. I think he had a couple, couple air balls, had a couple shots that were way left or way right. Uh, so yeah, it's it's definitely in his head. Hopefully, 
he uh, can can iron that out for game five because if he's if his jumper's on, the Lakers are really, really, really difficult to beat. So yeah. So yeah, no, good questions though. Very, very, very good questions. Uh, you guys think Rondo knocked the ref over on purpose? I'm <laughs> gonna go ahead and just put this out there. I did send Rondo a Popeye's chicken sandwich if he would try and knock out one of the refs and money well spent. It was very it was very worth it to see a ref get tackled. No, no, no. Here's where you're wrong. I'm going to open my third eye here. This is all part of the NBA conspiracy, the ref the officiating conspiracy to get the Lakers into the finals. If you recall, Rondo was about to save the ball from going out of bounds. Then he hit the referee and, and they called it Nuggets ball. But on that possession, when they inbounded the ball, Rondo and Caruso combined for a steal. And then Rondo uh, gave up a dime to, to LeBron for a dunk on the other end. It's a two-point swing right there. So what you're saying was Rondo big brain <laughs> on that play. Or what I'm saying is that the NBA is obviously rigging the series for the Lakers. I will. And that's, why, that's why the free throw totals are completely even after four games. I mean, we're the underdogs in this series. We got to get a little bit of help for crying out loud. So exactly. <laughs> I sent Scott Foster a uh, Popeye's chicken sandwich before the last game. Uh, what are the chances Scott Foster gets the next game? Ooh, hi, hi! It's, it's got good potential for a, a referee takeover. I thought it was going to be this game, and then I thought NBA Twitter was going. Oh, yep, here we go. <laughs> but uh, no, I wouldn't be surprised if it's the next game either. He's due. He's due for one. So. All right, uh, next question. Where Let's see, where was I? Uh, would you rather the Lakers focus more on Murray or Jokic in Game 5? Um, see, I don't think they necessarily have to choose because I don't think... Uh, that wasn't the question, honey. But <laughs> hear me out. Hear, hear me out. The thing is, like, you're, you're usually guarding those two at the same time together because they're running so many pick-and-rolls and dribble handoffs. You're, like... You know, if you're saying, would you focus on Murray by trapping him on that situation? Well, no, because then Jokic is going to get the ball on a, in a four and three situation and he's going to just rip your defense apart. Would I focus on Jokic? Well, no, because then Murray is going to, you know, hit a pull up jumper, uh, pull up three or get to the rim or whatever. So I, I don't think, I, I think the real key is that the Lakers really all series long. And I think I feel like they did a better job of it in this game, but I'm, I'm not entirely sure if the numbers agree with that, but they've just been really quick to switch on those actions in general. And it's really put them in some tough situations where, you know, Jokic is on a, uh, a guard and they have to send a double team. Although I did notice today that they weren't really sending that double team very often. They were kind of just saying, all right, if, well, we'll let Jokic have this one. Maybe he'll miss it, but we're not going to let him tear us apart and get an open three. Uh, for one of his teammates. Um, so I, I think it's it's less of a matter of focusing on one of the two guys, but it's more of just like being attentive enough to not switch and put yourself in, in bad situations. That said, like there are situations where uh, Murray's out on the floor without Jokic, then by all means go ahead and trap Murray and, and let one of the other guys try to beat you. Yeah, mm-hmm. for me, I would say that is a really tough question, but... If I had to pick one, I would say Murray just because I think the points that he's having to get, he's having to work harder for than Jokic. Then again, he's yeah. probably in better shape than Jokic is. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know, man. Like there, there are times where Murray looks a little gassed out there. I thought I noticed it today. I think he's just having to do so much. And for me personally, I think one way to try and get LeBron going is to try and hunt Murray a little bit. And see if you can get him switched. I would try really hard to get him switched onto LeBron and then attack him, you know, mm-hmm. because he does not want to guard LeBron on on dribble drives, dribble penetration. That's just not really a strength of his game. And it really, I mean, it takes a pretty special type of defender to guard LeBron. And with the Nuggets, it's not even one guy. It's the whole team. But yeah. I think if you get Murray and you really make him work on the defensive end, I don't know. I, I thought the, the fatigue factor would come into play at some point in this series, and I, I still think it will, especially if, if the game is extended to a Game 6 or a Game 7. But I don't know. I, I would just keep trying to make Murray work as hard as possible because especially with those jumpers, jumpers are much harder to make when you got tired legs, and I think the Lakers could have create some real opportunities offensively. I mean, if they attack both, ideally, because yeah. if Jokic is 
25 feet from the basket guarding, you know, playing pick and roll defense. I think that's adva- uh, a good advantage for the Lakers. But I also think if you can get Murray switched on to even a guy like Rondo that can attack him off the dribble, I think that's a, a pretty ideal situation as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was going to say the same thing that you can make the same case against Jokic as well. And not even just tiring him out, although that is part of it, but also getting him in foul trouble. That's, you know, that <laughs> two out of the three games that the Lakers have won in part has been because Jokic has been in foul trouble, both game one and this game. Um, so if, if they can continue to do that, then that's obviously such a huge advantage for, for the Lakers defensively, especially. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Let's see, Rondo plus AD pick and roll against Jokic in the third, early fourth was a big run too. Yeah, I think we've said a couple times now, putting Jokic in those pick and roll situations is usually going to yield some pretty good results. Um, at, at the very least, you're going to make him work, even if it doesn't result in some buckets or some some easy scoring opportunities. As long as you make those two guys work, because they've played two seven-game series to this point, the Lakers have not. They've played two five-game series. Mm-hmm. We're going into game five of this series. I, I will stand by it until I'm completely proven otherwise <laughs> when the series is over. I do think fatigue at some point is going to come into into play. It happened with the Rockets. I think I think it happened with the Blazers to some extent too, even though they you know saw Lillard go down. But the Lakers were taking over that series because they were fresh and the Blazers were basically in playoff mode for two weeks. And yeah. the Nuggets, to the, some extent, have been kind of the same way. But... I yeah no I definitely think putting Jokic in more pick and rolls is is ideal and I think whether it's Rondo and AD who obviously have great synergy going back to their New Orleans days or LeBron and AD LeBron and Dwight LeBron and Morris LeBron and like whoever if you can get Jokic out there defending in space I think that's a pretty good situation for the Lakers so uh, John on YouTube says LeBron James is the king ball don't lie uh do whatever we did today and hope their three-pointers miss i think the lakers have to be a little better defensively than they were today and yeah there was just too many blown coverages i mean obviously you'd like to see the nuggets miss some some more of these wide open threes but they're wide open you know a lot of these were wide open they did hit some tough threes in this game I, i will give you that but i do think the lakers just had too many blown coverages in this game got away with it there luckily the offense was really clicking and they scored enough in this game to to fend off the Nuggets and never really allowed the Nuggets to make uh, like a serious run that, that pushed them out in front and forced the Lakers to respond in that type of manner. They did get close a couple times, but the Lakers were able to score at a high enough clip that they were able to, to fend these guys off. Yeah, exactly. Um, just... I don't. I don't even know what to say. That's all. <laughs> You're all right. Everything you said is perfect. Score one for me. Score one for me. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, also, seeing a lot of refs gave the Lakers the game on Twitter. Am I crazy or did the refs suck both ways? Yeah, we talked about that a little bit earlier. There were just way too many whistles, especially down the stretch. Like this is the Western Conference Finals. Let's let these guys play, especially in close games. I thought they let a couple things go. I. I, I do think. The Lakers finally started to get some calls that they weren't getting in the last couple games. I think that helped. And LeBron especially, obviously the proof is in the box score, shooting 14 free throws in this game. And he shot 10 total in the first three games. So, yeah, I the, the officiating in the NBA, I mean, it's been a problem for years now. But usually in the playoffs, I think people like playoff basketball because they let a lot of stuff go. Haven't, I just yeah. feel like we haven't really seen that so far in these playoffs. It's crazy. Yeah. It's awful, man. Like it, it really just as a basketball fan, like not even taking the results of the games or anything um, uh, into account. It, it sucks. This is such a great series between two really, really good teams. And most of the games are going down to the wire. Um, and it sucks that, that refs kind of take over some of these games with, uh, with, with some of the officiating. But at the end of the day, I would rather talk about the actual basketball than, than complaining about foul calls either way. Unless the Lakers lose, then it's all the ref's fault. And it's, exactly. a, it's a league-wide conspiracy. <laughs> uh, Hani, Bevers is asking why you're sweating in your own home. <laughs> Thank you for your concern. Uh, one, it is really hot out apparently right now. And two, I, uh, I, 
uh, actually, two, I'm still stressed about how goddamn hard of a game this was. <laughs> and three, because I, I love you guys so much and I want my sound quality to be good, I turn off my AC and the fan uh, before before we do this podcast. And by the end of it, oh boy, it gets really hot. <laughs> uh, well, there you have it. Honey's still sweating bullets from that game, so... I I don't blame you, man. I, I was too. I didn't like where that game was heading. It felt like it was there for the taking for Denver to seize control of it, but the Lakers made enough plays down the stretch and got it done. At the end of the day, they got it done. Uh, Bevers also says Dwight played a lot smarter this game, saw maybe one week foul. Yeah, I, I totally agree. We, we talked about that a little earlier too. Kind of seemed to leave the antics off the court and just decided to focus on playing good basketball. A little less Dennis Rodman and a little more Dwight Howard in this game, and I thought that paid dividends for the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, the smarter the Lakers play, the better. I thought Markeith Mar- Morris kind of took the, the mantle of, of, of Dwight making some silly mistakes, and he got called for some fouls that I thought were questionable, but the last thing that he got called on. It was killing me because he, uh, he he got fouled, had an offensive foul because he literally grabbed the dude that he was screening <laughs> around the waist, which was cute, but uh, that is a foul. And then <laughs> I tweeted out, Keith, please be smart. And literally the next play down the court, he fouls on, on the defensive end and gets fouled. And I'm like, oh, I guess it doesn't matter if you're smart <laughs> the rest of the way because you're not playing. Uh, the, the refs <laughs> took care of it, apparently. <laughs> Once again, another advantage that the refs gave to the Lakers. My only complaint about the officials in this game, well, one of two. One was there were just way too many whistles in the fourth quarter in general. Two, stop picking on Alex Caruso. There were like three fouls tonight that I thought he played really good defense and they called a foul on him and it's because they're jealous of his NBA status and they're giving him anti-NBA superstar calls and it's pissing yes. me off. Speak on it. Let them know. <laughs> Bald Eagle, I got your back, bro. <laughs> All right, we're going to get out of here. Thank you guys so much in the chat. This feels good. It feels good to do this after a win again. It, it's funny, one loss and it feels like they went a whole week without a <laughs> win. It's the, the the wins, as uh, as Raj would say, they they hit different in in the playoffs. The losses hit different too, and not in a good way. It's it's terrible. Like it's a long forty eight hours after each loss. Hopefully, we don't have to deal with any more of those in this round or the rest of the, the rest of the way. But um, I think we did have a question. I'm sorry, I think I skipped over it about who we think will, the Lakers would play in the NBA Finals or who we would want to play. Yeah. Honestly, don't have a preference. I think both of those teams are very good, um, very similar in a lot of ways. Miami's playing some incredible basketball. I think they're extremely well coached. Um, the Celtics are the Celtics. I'd love to beat them, but I don't really care, in all honesty. I don't. Just win. Um, who do I think is going to make it? the heat because they also have a 3-1 lead and i don't see the celtics coming back from that because they stink um who do i want i i kind of agree i I think they're similar matchups i think um the heat in terms of how they play they kind of remind me of the rockets in in terms of just being a, a small team um but they play a lot harder and i don't think they would quit after one loss um and i don't Well, actually, I was going to say I don't anticipate one of their uh, players getting kicked out of the bubble for not being able to contain his horniness. Sorry, Uh, Lakers Outsiders off to dark again. But there are some allegations being thrown out about some lady at the bubble. So I don't know about that. But anyway, (laughs) I don't know where this is going. I'm going to stop talking. (laughs) Yeah, uh, talk. It's. I think it's bedtime for Hani. So (laughs) we're going (laughs) to sign off. I'm losing my mind. I'm uh, sweating out my brain cells. Yeah, oh, well, we can tell. So <laughs> we're going to get out of here. <laughs> Good little. We were doing so well. We were doing so well. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, either finals matchup would be cool, but we got one more win to go. Still got work left to do. And as a great man once said, job's not finished. So 
We're going to get out of here until Saturday. We'll be on again Saturday after Game 5, hopefully talking about the Lakers clinching a spot in the NBA Finals. But if not, we'll still be here. We'll be here for you guys to vent uh, if you want, ask questions, all that stuff. As always, guys, we'll be live on twitch.tv slash Lakers Outsiders. We'll be live on YouTube as well, so subscribe to us there. And like us on Facebook because we'll be on Facebook Live as well. And, of course, all of these go on whatever podcast platform you use after after we're done recording these. Uh, Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, it'll be there. So thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you so much for the support. Uh, be sure to follow UCAST Studios on social media as well. Lakers Outsiders, just at Lakers Outsiders on Twitter and Instagram. And you can check, all, check out all of our content on LakersOutsiders.com. we got game previews, uh, editorials, game recaps, Everything you need is up there, so be sure to check that out. If you're watching this, as you can see on the screen, you can follow me on Twitter at Gary Kester. You can follow Hani at H-O-N-I-A-H-M. All right, that's enough plugging. I'm getting out of here. I'm going to edit this thing and throw it up on the, the podcast platforms. Hani's going to go get some sleep and try and regain some of his sanity. And, uh, yeah, I hope you guys all have a good night. Thank you guys again so much for listening or watching. And uh, until next time, this is Gary Kester with an audio audience with the Lakers Outsiders <laughs> signing off. Shout out to Daniel House just because. Bonk, go to jo- Horny Jam. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>